poems or books in particular, I suppose. Can we have the first slide up? Um, I've been reading this through, kind of skim reading with my, my, my four-year-old daughter, and she absolutely loves it. And of course, it takes a little bit of explaining when you get to, and a, and a careful choice of language from a parent to try and explain what is happening at the stone table. When Aslan is brutally murdered on that stone table. And the scene afterwards is very, very sad. You have Lucy and Susan broken hearted. If Aslan was alive, they feared nothing. But now Aslan was dead. Their hopes, their dreams for beating that evil that was in Narnia was seemingly gone. That hope was extinguished. I think that despair that you see in that book as you read it, and even in the film if you've seen it, is them weeping over Aslan. They are downcast. And I think that's compatible to these two travelers as we have them in Luke chapter 24. That's how it was for them as they were going on this little walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Probably a three and a half hour, four hour walk. But it's fascinating what we see in this text. The transformation that takes place in them. From the beginning of the walk to the end of the walk. Where they begin so downcast, broken-hearted. They leave blazing-hearted. These two who begin their walk with all hope extinguished leave and at the end of the passage have their hearts ignited. What causes a transformation like that? Well, that's what we're going to look at. The first thing you see is the broken-hearted people. You see with me in verses 13 to 18, verse 14 in particular, you see the brokenhearted, their hope extinguished. In verse 14, they're walking along, they're talking about everything that has happened. These, the truths about Christ's death, his crucifixion, the fears that surrounded it for his people, it was all very raw for them. And we read in verses 15 and 17 at this time that Jesus actually came up and walked with them, but was kept, they were kept from recognizing him. In other words, there's a purpose to this. We'll get to that. He inquisitively asked about their subject. What is it you're, you know, people generally talk about things as they walk along the way. What is it you're talking about as you're on your way? And now notice what happens. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? What's the next thing you read in verse 17? They stood still. In other words, The pain of the death of Jesus Christ, their hopes dashed, was enough to make them stop dead in their tracks. They were brokenhearted. They were downcast. And they asked the question, fascinatingly, you mean you don't know? Well, you mustn't be around here if you don't actually know. Now, what does that actually tell you? It tells you that if you were anywhere around Jerusalem at that time, then you would know about this thing, this death of Jesus Christ. 
And actually the news, the spreading news of his resurrection as well. It's quite a, quite a thing, isn't it? Even as you jump forward ahead to the Apostle Paul giving testimony to Festus. Oh, he's, he's already talking to Agrippa. Festus is there. Agrippa is there. He's saying, well, look, Mr. Agrippa, you know exactly what I'm talking about as I speak about the resurrection from the dead. This guy here, Festus, thinks I'm daft. He thinks I'm going crazy. But you know, because you were there. If you were there, you knew, you heard about this. This was not a secret contained within 12 or 11 people. No news was spreading. These guys are saying, are you from another planet? That you did not hear this? You do not know what's going on? And then they give. But then what we see is, they go from this brokenheartedness at the start. I'm going to take you to the end, first of all, to be, from being brokenhearted with their hope extinguished to be blazing hearted with their hope ignited, just set aflame. You see at the very end of the passage between verses 30 and 35 that their eyes are open to see Jesus. They recognize him and they are filled with joy. And even as they say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? In other words, what they see with their eyes now that Jesus has been revealed to them only confirmed what they had felt in their hearts when he was opening up the Bible to them, the Old Testament at that time. And they were gone from this broken heartedness to a blazing heartedness. Hope extinguished to hope ignited, a flame. And what's the result of that? They got up immediately, verse 33, and ran to tell others. They'd already said earlier on, oh, stay with us, don't go on, it's really late. It's a dangerous thing to do, in other words, traveling around this place at night. What effect does the reality of a meeting with the risen Jesus have in their lives? Quick, <laughs> forget the bread. Let's get up and let's go. They rush off to back to Jerusalem to find the apostles they break in. I always imagine this. I have a slightly perverted imagination at times. They break in. They're just about to say, we've just met Jesus. They break in the door and the guy gets in first. Guess what? Simon just saw Jesus. He's like, don't. <laughs> but I did too. It's fascinating. They're all seeing Jesus at different times. Providing evidence, testimony of witnesses. So they go from being broken-hearted people, stopped dead in their tracks, to being blazing-hearted people with their with their hope ignited so much so that they want to run and tell others. See the kind of impact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has on his people? What makes the difference? Faith in the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. That's what you see in verses 90 to 27, right in the middle. Do you see how much these guys know from verse 19? What things Jesus has asked about Jesus of Nazareth? Oh, he was a prophet. Well, they're not quite right there. Well, he is a prophet, but that's not saying at all, is it? It's not exactly my Lord and my God, is it? Powerful in word and deed before God, in fact, before all people. Chief priests and other rulers handed him over. They're thinking, how? If he is meant to be the redeemer of Israel, the one who had come to rescue us, then how come our pastors handed him over to be killed? There's got to be something wrong there, they're thinking. 
In addition, the surprise for them, and it is a surprise for them, our women are telling us that they went to the tomb this morning, he's not there. In fact, they're coming back and they're telling us they saw angels and they're saying he's alive. So it's amazing, isn't it? Just how much they know, but how little they compute. Uh, I just... Now, what would you do if you were Jesus in that situation? Do you know what I would have done? This is my perverse imagination. It's me! You know, I would, have, I would have appeared, I would say, seeing their sadness and seeing their dullness in some respects, I would have said, it's me, it's okay, and hugged them and jumped around together and, and, and all those kind of things and restored that joy right there. But Jesus doesn't do that. The question is, why? Why? He's going to make a very, very important point, a point that would really impact us. What is their problem? That's what Jesus points out first. Isn't it their lack of faith? Verse 25, how foolish you are. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I like driving my cars. My cars can go quite fast. I hate higher cars. Because you always try and save money when you get a higher car, don't you? You always end up with like a... I'm going to offend someone here, but it's okay. A Ford car or, you know, something like that. And really, when you put the foot down, there really isn't that much happening. I feel like being Fred Flintstone, punching my feet through the ground and trying to... Things slow. Things are slow. I don't like slow things. Well, these guys are being... They're really not quick off the mark. Slow. Slow to believe. Believe what? Believe what? The things that were spoken about the Christ, the coming king. You think he's some kind of political redeemer. Going to rescue you from the oppression of the Romans. Well, no, he is a... He's a spiritual redeemer to rescue you from the oppression of your sin, which is way weightier and far worse than any kind of oppression from an army. And verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets through the whole Old Testament, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures about himself. Why? Why? Jesus led them in a Bible study. And didn't reveal himself in the flesh right at that point. Why? Because quite clearly he is soon to ascend. People will not always have Jesus in front of them as proof of his resurrection. But Jesus fully intended to help them see who he is. He wasn't going to leave them in the dark. But notice the priority of Jesus' revelation. Before he opened their physical eyes, he intended to open their spiritual eyes. Because it was of utmost importance that these guys learn what we learn. That God's people, people who are truly God's people, walk by faith, not by sight. So Jesus conceals his identity because he wants to teach them that they can put their trust in God's word. Do you see what Christ is affirming here? Knowing that whenever they read the scriptures, they would meet whom? Jesus. It's all about him on every page. Do you really think David and Goliath is a story about facing your fears? No, it's a prefiguring, a depiction of of one man going out to fight an enemy. And if he loses, everybody loses. 
But David is the one who prefigures the greater David, Jesus Christ, who would go out. And if he loses, everybody seriously loses. But he won. It's about him. It's not about facing your fears. It's like that throughout the scriptures. He is there on every page. Jesus' intention is that for them and for us in the clear light of day, however we are feeling, whatever anyone else says to us, we can pull out our Bibles, check it out for ourselves and say, this is true, we are not mistaken. We are not mistaken. Now this is a challenge for us, particularly in our day and age, maybe for you here sitting here tonight, if you're not a Christian, certainly I've heard it, or if only someone would come back from the dead and tell us, or if only I see a sign, or if only God makes good on this thing, then I'll believe. So we lay down conditions, kind of like Thomas did. But we're not to look for a sign, we're not to look for an appearing, we're to look to the Bible to see Jesus in every page, to see the crucified and risen Savior, and in faith, Declare, my Lord, my God. Not just propositional truth, but a personal statement. My Lord, my God. And then we'll see the difference that it makes. From downcast, brokenhearted, hope extinguished, to blazing-hearted, hope ignited, running to tell other people the good news that we ourselves have not only heard, but believed. Have you believed? I want you to see in this text the transformation that it can bring in life by putting your faith, not not with a slowness of heart, but with a trust in what he says trust in what the scriptures declare concerning him to put your trust in the crucified and risen savior back to the line the witch in the wardrobe to close love what happens next Lucy Susan broken hearted downcast suppose we can't really stay here we've got to go and see how everybody's going to get killed that's not what they say I'm paraphrasing We've got to go and find out how it's all going to go. But as they walk away, what do they hear? They hear, they feel the earth quake beneath their feet. They hear a noise behind them, a cracking. They turn around, they see the stone table broken. They see Aslan gone. And then what, is, what do they see? Well, that picture of resurrection glory, that's what it depicts of Aslan striding forward. Actually, he's looking far nicer, shinier coat and everything than he had before. There is is just something new and something wonderful about this saviour, this rescuer of theirs that had been resurrected. And they knew the difference that that meant for them. Their saviour resurrected, which meant that their victory over the powers of darkness was certain. And in fact, even as you go on in the book, you see their future reign as kings and queens on the thrones that he has set, assured. This is the difference that the resurrection of Jesus makes for those who believe. From broken hearted, hope extinguished, to 
blazing hearted, hope ignited. If you haven't put your faith and trust in him, please do. Please do. If you have, join with me in prayer as we praise our glorious King.